Hello and good morning, evening or afternoon and welcome to our latest Susty Talk from Edie. If you're new here, welcome. Um, a brief introduction to Susty Talks is that these are exclusive one-on-one -on -one interviews with sustainability leaders across the world that we launched at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic to keep us all a little bit more connected. They work really well and we've kept them going. Um, and here speaking with me today for our latest episode, I am really happy to have Glyn Richards from Bupa um, on the line and he's their group director of sustainability. So thank you very much for joining, Glyn. How are you doing? Um, I'm great, Sarah. Good to good to be here and, and thank you very much for, for having me along. No, thank you for taking the time. I understand you're pretty fresh um, back from Egypt and COP. Yeah, um, really exciting to be there and actually to, just to see everything um, coming together. I appreciate that some of the outputs of COP, which I'm sure we'll cover in a second, but um, weren't quite where people wanted it to be. But um, I think from a healthcare perspective, we saw some really, really encouraging signs. Yeah, it's it's great to get time to with you because ahead of COP, I thought that the health sector really sort of came into its own in in its engagement with COP, and we can we can get onto that um, a little bit later. Um, but because it's your first time on Susty Talk, I think the obvious place to start is with an introduction. Um, so it'd be great to hear a little bit more um, about yourself and your career path um, and what you're up to at the moment at, at Bupa. Sure. So um, hello, everyone. Um, my name is Glyn Richards. As, as Sarah said, I, I am the um, Bupa's Group Director of Sustainability. Um, I've been enrolled for about 15 months or so. Um, and I report into the Chief Sustainability and People Officer um, here at Bupa. Um, I lead a, an amazing team who are accountable for shaping and implementing, a, implementing our global um, organisation-wide sustainability strategy. Um, and that strategy is very focused on the intersection between human health and the health of the planet. Um, and embedded within that strategy is our ambition to become a net zero business by 2040. Um, but it's also focused on helping to accelerate the sustainable transformation of the broader healthcare sector, really by leveraging innovation, advocacy, and also contributing to the regeneration and restoration of natural ecosystems for people to thrive. Um, I haven't always been in sustainability. Um, I spent some time in our strategy function here at, uh, in, in the group, uh, the headquarters for Bupa. And before that, I spent time as a lawyer working in various legal teams and also as a lawyer um, in, the, in the city. Um, but actually going all the way back, I actually did a master's in civil engineering at Imperial. So I've had a pretty varied career. That is definitely a, a mixed bag. And did the sort of engineering stuff and the legal stuff make you want in, to go into the environmental stuff? I think I've always had a passion for the environmental side. I think um, one of the benefits of the, the um, civil engineering degree I did was actually there was a big focus um, on environmental sustainability as part of that. And um, it's always sort of been a bubbling interest in the background and clearly you know and, and, and all of your listeners will have this I think you know seeing the the, the broader kind of context and recognizing the the arguably the inaction on climate action um, has really started to kind of push that to the fore so when I had the opportunity to take up the role I, I really grasped it with both hands. Fantastic um, and yeah as you mentioned 15 months or so has been a busy time for Booper in terms of what's been going on um, on environment but I think it bears digging in a little bit more to what you mentioned, the company's 2040 um, net zero target. So it'd be great to hear a little bit more about that. I understand that it has science-based targets underpinning that as well. It, it does. And I mean, I'm conscious that Bupa is probably a, um, a name that not all of your listeners will, will recognise. So maybe it's just worth me just giving a quick overview of who we are. So we're, we're a global healthcare company. Um, 
and we've been looking after people's health for about 75 years. Um, our purpose is to help people live longer, healthier, happier lives and to make a better world. Um, and we're a company without shareholders, which means that all the money that we make goes back into delivering better care for our customers and fundamentally delivering for those customers. Um, the benefit of looking after people's health for about 75 years is that we really do understand that human health and the health of the planet are interlinked and fundamentally interdependent. And so for us, I think when we look forward and particularly as, as the, CEO, the CEO set his strategy, he recognised that looking forward to sort of how do you better cater for people's health, you have to start to look after the health of the planet as well. Um, and so we, we're now on a mission essentially to become an agent for change in the intersection between human health and the health of the planet, but also in, with, with healthcare. Um, and so our role, as we see it, is to address the impact of healthcare um, on the environment, um, to find more sustainable healthcare solutions that really help the broader healthcare system become more resilient. But we're also committed to understanding how people's health is impacted by the health of the planet and to make sure that we educate to the extent we can and advocate for a, um, a healthier world um, and where we can playing our part in creating a healthier or healthier, greener spaces where people can thrive. So um, we've set a strategy and that's um, that's a relatively new strategy. We, we, we kind of took that to our board in, in, in March um, and that's broadly organised into three core areas of activity. So the first is really about doing less harm. This is about reducing the impact of our our operations on the environment and you know as part of that as you said Sarah we have a, um, a net zero target that's underpinned by validated science-based targets um, and we want to be net zero by 2040 um, but we also recognize you know to do that you have to start to you have to start with taking action in your own backyard as it were so looking at our own operations which accounts for about two percent of our global footprint but then when you start to look at your scope three footprint like many businesses ours is about 98 percent of our total greenhouse gas footprint, you start to think, OK, well, what does that mean for suppliers? How do we get the healthcare providers, particularly those providers who are treating our customer, our insurance customers? Um, how do you make sure that they are also on the journey and how do you sort of identify the opportunities to collaborate with them to start to, to make that shift in the, in the transformation of the broader healthcare sector? The second part of our strategy is really focused on accelerating climate um, and health action, and um, and that's really geared at helping to make that broader shift in, in the sector. So um, as I've touched on before, it's about understanding the health impacts of climate change, and we want to understand that, frankly, to sort of look at the future trends on health. Um, how How is the health of people in the future going to be impacted by climate change? That allows us to shift our own provision businesses to start to cater for those challenges. But it also starts to help us think about what are the, the sort of the insurance products from the future, if you like, for our for our customers. Um, but we also want to take the learnings from that piece to to start to share that with the broader sector. So, you know, how do we make sure that other people are benefiting from what we see um, to make that broader system shift? Um, we recognise that innovation is super important in that space. So we have a program called Eco Disruptive, which is all about driving innovation for our people, um, recognising that some of these solutions don't sit within our own wheelhouse. These are you know, they're very they're excellent innovators and startups out there who are tackling real life problems. How do we bring those into our business? How do we scale those for the benefit of our customers? Um, and we also recognize that there's a broader collaboration needed in the, in the sector. So we are part of uh, a couple of coalitions, one of which is called the Climate and Health Coalition, which is really about shifting the private sector and showcasing the opportunity for the private sector to make shifts in the way that we deliver healthcare 
to make them more sustainable. So um, that's the kind of the, the second part of our strategy. And then the third part of our strategy is really about going beyond doing less harm to focusing on more doing more good. We are we are committed to becoming a regenerative business, um, and that means looking at the climate health, the climate crisis as a health crisis, but also fundamentally as a nature crisis and a social crisis, and looking at those things in a holistic way. So how are we going to improve the um, or protect and restore the, na the nature within our communities to create healthier spaces for people. And we have a program called Healthy Cities, which is all about doing that, which is something that started in Spain. We've rolled out, uh, out across a couple of other markets now, and we're taking it global. So we want to really sort of look at how do we get people to change behaviours and then using that program start for us as a business to invest in the restoration of nature, the improvement of, uh, of city environments and urban environments to make sure that we are having a, a positive impact on people's health beyond just behaviour change. And that's, that's broadly where we are. I mean, there's, we're, we're right at the beginning of our journey. There's lots to do, but um, it's a really exciting conversation to have. Definitely. I mean, I think we could probably do another episode of this just on that nature stuff there or or even just on the layout of the strategy. Normally I hear like, oh, our pillars are emissions, waste, social sustainability. But this is this is a bit different. Um, so really interesting to hear about that. And something I also wanted to touch on but was the structure of the team and how that feeds into that um, holistic view. And you mentioned that the company has someone that's both chief sustainability officer and chief people officer which i imagine will be really important to achieving all those goals that you um talked about and we we know that a lot of people are looking at staff engagement at the moment um so it'd be great to hear a little bit about how how that works and how you make that strategy that you mentioned real for the workforce and i understand it is quite a big and quite a global workforce glenn yeah i mean it kind of really goes back to our purpose so that that longer healthier happier lives and making a better world we you know to be we actually augmented the, the purpose relatively recently. The CEO added making a better world to what was the original purpose. And I think that was a, a very clear statement of intent around the, the importance that sustainability plays within the business, which is quite a shift for, I think, for, for Bupa. You know, sustainability has always been important, but it's never been quite so prominent in the way that we talk about the business. And that's reflected in our corporate strategy. I think when we look at the kind of the opportunity to make that shift as a business, because it is a big transformational shift in the business, people are cri are critically important to making that happen. You know, we recognise as an organisation that sustainability does not sit within the purview of just the sustainability team. This is about every one of our 84,000 people making a shift in the way that they do things to deliver on the broader ambition. And so because people are so important, I think the CEO recognised that you needed to couple sustainability and people. And that's why we have a chief sustainability and people officer. The opportunity to kind of use our people to make the change because they are also our strongest advocates, you know, we want to be able to make the shift internally and also to drive that broader system change to the extent we can. And you need your people to be able to do that because those are the people who are interacting with our customers, who are obviously incredibly important, but also the people who are interacting with our suppliers, the guys who are providing the healthcare for our, our insurance businesses, you know, the people who are interacting with our partners, whether they're coalition partners or you know, broader kind of uh, collaboration partners. I think it's, you know, it's all about making sure that our people are on this journey. And we've we've spent a lot of time to try and do that. So an example of that is when we've recently launched the strategy to our people. And as part of doing that, we set up a, a challenge called the One Small Change Challenge, which is about making asking our people to make some small changes in the way that they live their lives. At home, at work, wherever it happens to be, 
but recognizing that doing that will start to drive that bigger, that bigger impact. And we also recognize that sustainability is quite a complex topic for people. So, you know, um, it's a complex topic for me. It's a complex topic for, for a lot of people. And I think it's always shifting. And that's what we've seen over the last 12 months. You've referenced it already. The healthcare sector really starting to come into that space. And, um, and to help people kind of demystify what, what it looks like a very uh, complex topic, we've set up something called the Sustainability Academy internally, which is about giving people the skills to understand and, and decode some of the jargon, some of the complexity to really make sure they can they can start to think about, OK, what changes do I make at work? What changes do I make at home? What can I do? Because that's the biggest question we get is what's the individual role of what can I as an individual within the organisation really do to drive that broader ambition? The Sustainability Academy is absolutely designed to, to tackle that particular challenge. It's just starting, but we've started it at the board level. We're taking the, our chief executive committee through that. We've identified some high impact teams, but the ambition is to roll this out to pretty much everybody in the business so that everybody, whether you're a care home manager or whether you're somebody who is sitting in the head office, everybody has a role to play and you know what that role looks like. That is so interesting. Now I want a sustainability <laughs> academy at our business, even though we're much smaller. Um, just the, the wording is so nice. Um, and yeah, Glenn, we're running a bit short on time, so I did want to come on to COP and it's been great to hear from um, some of our network who were there on the ground um, this this year, as I understand you were for a few days. Um, in the lead up, I definitely got a lot of emails about what the health sector was announcing, events they were holding, or even like an initiative launched by someone else that they were supporting. There just seemed to be some very bold messages there on yeah, both mitigation and adaptation. And as you mentioned, that holistic look, so green spaces, not just to suck up carbon, but that are accessible and help people's health and mm. things like that. Um, so it'd be great to get some of your takeaways. What did you guys announce? And, and I don't know if it's maybe just me thinking that health was higher on the agenda this year so do you think it was yeah I, I really do and it was exciting to kind of see that that really came to pass I think it's been really interesting just sort of looking at the 12 months before COP that you know the health sector has really started to kind of find their voice in this space you know understanding the kind of the, the, opp the opportunity that they have to kind of start to shift and I think what's really interesting kind of almost going right to the end of this question is is you know the, the argument now for a health day at COP28 is like really, really sort of front and centre. Um, I, I understand that that is a very strong likelihood that we will have a health, a health day in 28. I think, you know, it's super exciting to see everybody kind of coming together and having that conversation about climate and health together. And actually, even some of the wording coming out of the COP27 agreements really put those two things together. So making sure that, you know, people understand that health is an integral part of action on climate. Um, and you know that's that kind of very much mirrors the, our our presence at Scott at COP. We had a, we had a couple of um, engagements at COP. We we joined the health uh, the Climate and Health Coalition in launching a a white paper on the role of the private sector. Um, and that looked at across a number of looked across a number of different areas, but health was one of those. And so we we committed, uh, submitted a few practical examples of how we as a business are making that change. But there are plenty of other practical examples from lots of other businesses who are part of that that white paper and you know um it's a really it's really well worth having a quick look at it um you can find it on the forum for web the forum for the future website but we were also invited by um healthcare without harm to share the sort of the role that we've been taking in as a private sector actor um and a, and a member of race to zero in terms of how we're starting to make the shift and bringing kind of climate and health together 
internally and also trying to sort of to, to share that with our customers and, and make that real for people. So it's been it's been really exciting to kind of see that massive shift and also particularly the kind of the private sector starting to really get into the weeds of what does this mean? How do we make this work? Um, and and it's hugely energizing being at COP um, and to see the kind of the, the output. And as I said at the beginning, Whilst the broader kind of ambition for COP27 may not have been fully realised, I think the, um, the the fact that health has come out as being a really clear focus for for COPs going forwards, I think is a very, very positive outcome. Of course. And yeah, fingers crossed that we do see that theme day for COP28. I mean, it was food systems this year, so maybe that will be the next one, next big Excellent. theme. Great. Well, thank you very much, Glyn. I know we're running out of time, so thank you very much for coming on for this episode of Susty Talk. Thanks for having me.